And just because you've had prior success doesn't lead to future success. It's the work that you put in that's going to allow you to get those opportunities. And then you're going to be, you know, potentially be successful with the work that you put in. Hi, my name is Prince Daniels Jr. And I'm a former NFL running back, an author and thought leader who lives by the mantra, nothing is impossible unless you truly believe it is. I found the Game Beyond the Game Talk That Talk as a place for thought-provoking and inspiring conversations with professional athletes discussing life's transitions. Game Beyond the Game is an ecosystem for professional athletes to cultivate the mindset to discover their overall purpose and vision in the game of life. And now, it's time to talk that talk with your MC, Stan Pearson II, and myself, Prince Daniels Jr. So without further ado, I told him in the green room that I was going to introduce him like the rock star he is. So here we go. From undrafted free agent into the NFL to Super Bowl champion and New Orleans Saints Hall of Famer, Lance Moore has worked for everything in his life. He has transitioned from the gridiron of football into the world of marriage, fatherhood, and being an entrepreneur, skill coach, and speaker beautifully. He truly believes that his successes on the gridiron are just the tip of the iceberg and works every single day to be the best possible version of himself. Please welcome wherever you are. Clap your hands, stomp your feet for Mr. Lance Moore. Who that? Who that? And the crowd goes wild wherever they are. Uh, I know they are. I know they are. Matt, how are you doing this afternoon, Lance? I'm doing well, man. Just, you know, obviously in this quarantine, uh, very used to, I guess, this new normal um, and, and you know, looking forward to the conversation with you guys. And, and hopefully we can uh, have some fun and, and you know, share some, some, some good stories, some bad stories and, and some real stories, because, I, I, you know, I think that's what it's all about. For sure. Really quick, I was going to feel sorry for the old quarantine. And then I remembered you said you live in San Diego. So I feel no pain for you, my friend. Even though no, I'm just kidding. No, great to have you. Thanks for being here with us both. So, yep, let's jump right into this. So, from what it appears, you've experienced some adversity. And as we go back to, again, college, the, the undrafted piece, can we, can we start right there? What did that feel like, let's say, to, to go undrafted where maybe you felt like, you know, there was more for you. You deserve more. Or did you think you deserve more? What was that feeling? Well, I mean, I think that it, it even happened before, you know, being an undrafted free agent. I, I was an all-state football player in Ohio. I was, you know, bro- breaking a bunch of state records um, and I didn't have any scholarship offers. Um, it, it took me until two weeks before like my high school graduation that a couple of teams, uh, Akron, Eastern Michigan and Toledo called me. Um, it offered me scholarships. So going into school, I already had a chip on my shoulder and I already knew if I was going to make it to the NFL, I was going to end up making it the hard way, which was OK with me because that's how I got to college. And that's how I got to earn a scholarship was was basically waiting, you know, playing the waiting game. And, and once I got the opportunity to go to Toledo, I knew that I had to make the most of that opportunity if, you know, the NFL was in the cards for me. I didn't. You know, I didn't go to college saying I want to go to the NFL. I went to the college saying I'm appreciative and thankful for the opportunity to get my education for free. And then we'll see what happens on the football field. I thought that I could be successful, but I, I didn't know going into college when I was 18 years old that I was going to play over a decade in the NFL. I didn't know that I was going to be a Super Bowl champion. I didn't know that I would end up in the Saints Hall of Fame. But I knew that if I got an opportunity, that I was going to make the most of it. And I was going to show them that not only I belong 
but I was going to stand out and I was going to be one of the better players, if not the best player on the field each and every time out. And that's, I mean, that's, I think it, like, sure. if, if, if I was a big time recruit um, coming out of high school, I don't know that my career tra- trajectory goes the way that it goes. I don't know that I accomplished all the things that I accomplished. And I always tell guys, even when you're in the NFL, you're in the NFL for, for this time right now, they're always trying to replace you. So don't think just because you're here that you're going to stay here. And that was my mentality early on in college. I was like, I'm a lower level scholarship guy, but I'm, I'm going to do everything I can to replace that guy that's in front of me and the guy that's in front of him and then the starter. And I know that they're going to keep trying to do that every single year because they're going to bring in a new class every single year. So I kind of learned that lesson early on that just because you're there doesn't mean you're going to stay there. And just because you've had prior success doesn't lead to future success. It's the work that you put in that's going to allow you to get those opportunities. And then you're going to be, you know, potentially be successful with the work that you put in. So, um, Ooh, what gave you yeah, that I mean, mindset? Good, you man. I'm ready to play ball right now. Yeah. Uh, like my, 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 so I grew up in the dojo. My, my dad is a 10th degree black belt. Um, he's owned a, a, a dojo for over 40 years. Uh, for those who aren't familiar, it's a karate school. It's a karate studio. Um, he still he still teaches classes now. They got the mask on and everything because of COVID. Um, but but that's like that's where I learned work ethic. That's where I work, learned discipline. That's when I learned slightly kind of controlling what you can control and not so much worrying about what everybody else is, is doing. Um, so I, I kind of grew up in a very competitive, um, very focused and very work oriented household. Um, so that like. For me, it was it was always about work, not necessarily about the other things. And, and I knew um, as I got older, you know, that having the success on the field, I knew that I was good enough um, if I were to get the opportunity. So, you know, it was just a matter of, of kind of the cards falling in, in, in my favor on the scholarship thing. And then, you know, thankfully getting an opportunity in the NFL, I, I was a guy that already had a chip on my shoulder. So. Sure. Being undra- being undrafted just added more to that chip, you know, because going to college, it's like, well, not only am I going to be kind of angry or, or, or uh, mad at the schools that didn't offer me, but I'm mad at Toledo because they didn't offer me soon enough. Right. Like that's that was a part of my that was a part of my edge. You know, I'm, I'm not going to try to compare myself to Michael Jordan in any way, but I'm sure everybody watched the last dance, uh, you know, over over this break and just saw all the things that he did or said or even made up to create an edge for himself. So, you know, that that's like, you know, something that that I, I was doing, you know, I like. Sure. I'm happy to be here. I'm thankful that you guys gave me a scholarship, but I should have been the number one receiver on your board. I, sh- I should have been offered a year ago. Right. Like so it, there was no time in my career that I ever was satisfied. And I think that's a part of human nature, right? You have uh, uh, some level of success and you become satisfied and you're happy. And then that satisfaction leads to complacency. And the complacency leads to you not doing the work that you used to do or the work that got you to where you are. Well, yeah, you got there, but what are you going to do when you get there, right? It's, It's easy, not easy, easier to get there. It's harder to stay there or exceed where you're at. And that was like, I, I learned that early in the NFL, boy. Like, you, you, you can't just be happy to be in the NFL. 
Like you, you, you got to keep working. You, it doesn't matter. Like even when I signed the biggest deal in my career, millions of dollars, I wasn't, I, I wasn't of the mentality that I made it. It felt good for a couple of minutes, but after that, it was like, let's get back to the lab. Like I got to work. I got to make sure that I don't make them look like fools for giving me this money. Right. Like I, I, I want to show that they should have given me twice as much. Right. I want to make sure that at some point in this deal, people say, you know what? The Saints got a steal on this guy. He's worth a lot more money than that. And I feel like I did the work that was necessary for that to happen. And absolutely. I'm going to throw it to, to Prince in a moment. But I, I certainly want to say thank you for you mentioned the last dance. Uh, and I think sometimes when folks don't understand, let's say, what it takes to truly excel or be at the high. I mean, you're part of the one percent. You're part of that brotherhood or that familyhood of athletes who make it to the pinnacle, the very, very top. And a lot of folks don't understand what it takes to do that. So when people see, I'm like, well, just only somebody like George. It's like, no, anyone that wants to succeed at the highest level and push themselves, they create the edge, even when there seems like there is no edge, to meet a new version of themselves. And that speaks to the mindset that you Obviously, you've had all along continue to carry, you know, through this transition in your game beyond the game. So thank you for for pointing that piece out. I think that's important for elite folks to hear that it makes sense. They're not crazy. They're they're actually on the right track if they're creating an edge for themselves. Well, yeah, I mean, it's it's the NFL is an all star league, right? There There is no other league that's above the NFL. So once you get there, everybody is good. So you've got to find a way, and it's not necessarily a motivational piece, but you've got to find a way, how am I going to operate once I get here? How, what, what am I going to do that's going to give me that edge? And I always was trying to find ways to create some sort of an edge for myself. And like I said, for me, it was just reminding myself, okay, you haven't made it. You haven't made it. You haven't made it. You haven't made it. And that's, that worked out well for me. That's awesome. Thanks for sharing. Awesome. Prince, man, I feel like I got something in your mind, man. What do you have? Um. I would like to ask you, Lance, what was it that um, when you knew, like, man, I'm here and I'm here to stay, was it like you scoring your first touchdown, you like running past somebody, you catching a one-hand catch and scoring a touchdown? Um, what was it that made you feel like, man, I am here to stay and no one is going to take my place? Yeah, I, I think it was probably uh, my third year because um, my first year in 05, I bounced up and down from the practice squad, didn't play in any regular season games. They sent me to NFL Europe um, before my second year. So my second year, I make the team, playing four games, get cut, put back on the practice squad. And I wouldn't say there was a lot of uncertainty um, on, on my end, whether I felt like I could, I was good enough, but there was uncertainty as far as, am I going to really ever get this true opportunity to show them? You know, I, I really didn't know. But I would say that my third year, 2007, um, we started out horrible. We were 0-4. We were playing at Seattle on a uh, Sunday night. It was Sunday night football. And I think Coach Payton came over to myself and Debra Henderson. Um, and he said, look, we're going to make some changes. Um, Lance, you're going to start. Debra, you're going to back him up. Um, I think in that moment, it was like, okay. They, they finally are giving me my opportunity I'm now it's like really showtime. Like that was like, that was the time for me where I was like, okay, now I really got to go. And I ended up scoring a touchdown on a, on a reverse in that game. And, and um, that was when I really became a regular, I had played in the first four games, but that was, that was the moment that I think a, a, a switch went off. Like, okay, now it's, now it's for real. And now I'm, I'm going to put, 
my foot on the gas even more so that they can't so they can't ever you know try to get me out of this spot um so yeah that that was definitely uh, an important moment in my career um and personally i mean i had just lost my grandfather shortly mm-hmm. before that so it was like it was a pretty pretty cool um way how it how it you know ended up happening and and uh you know shoot man i i am happy that i that i got that opportunity because obviously you know if i don't i don't know what happens in my career Right. So you, you mentioned that you lost your grandfather. Um, how did you how were you able to cope with that and transfer that energy of, of grievance and hurt into the game? Did you dedicate it to him or was it like um, this is a part of life? You know, everyone has their has their phase where they're living and then they pass. Um, right. You know, what was it that allowed you to put it behind and focus on your game? Well, yeah, I mean, I felt like I, I wanted to honor him every time I went on the field. Um, my grandfather, my grandparents, really, you know, my mom's parents were like the ultimate supporters in everything that we did, you know, and, and it it wasn't a game for me unless they were there. Like, it, it just, it's crazy. They would drive from Columbus, Ohio to wherever we were playing and whatever sport it was, like, my brother and I weren't huge track guys but you know what every single track meet they were there like and that was to me that was important you know because uh uh you know my mom obviously went to all of them my dad was in and in and out of of events but my grandparents were always there and and, and I always wanted to make them proud you know it was, it was a big deal um so for so once he passed it was like man he's not going to get to see me play in the NFL so I'm going to honor him every single time I'm out on the field and um, kind of to take it full circle, when, when my grandmother passed a few years later, I started doing the one eye black. And I did that for the rest of my career. And that was kind of like my way to honor her memory um, on the field. And um, yeah, I mean, it's, 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 it's life, right? Nobody lives forever. And, and, you know, you can honor them and remember them in, in your own unique way. But that was, that was my way to do it for them. That's awesome. Oh, man, thanks for sharing that. I, didn't, I always wondered about the eye black piece, but I'd never found it. Yeah. I even watching play back then, d- didn't know what that was. So thank you for, mm-hmm. for sharing that piece. And obviously, you know, loss is something, you know, that people go through and it's difficult. Are there other difficult moments that you, like, think back to and, like, whew, I made it through that piece? You know, or whether it was high school, college, you know, your adult, you know, professional life. Was there a moment where you're like, I made it, whew, and you look back uh, in those moments? Yeah, I'm, I'm not sure there's a bunch of those kind of smaller moments, but like the moment for me was was the Hurricane Trina season. Um, we're in San Antonio and we we, you know, we're, we were terrible. We were, saints. Uh, we were We were three and 13. I was up and down from the practice squad. We had a lot of stuff going on around us that really wasn't football related that affected us on the field. Um, so so as it gets fired, Peyton comes in. And usually when new coaches come in, they kind of get rid of a lot of guys, especially the, you know, a lot of the bottom tier guys. Like, well, this practice squad guy is not my guy. You know, let me kind of get this guy out of there. Um, and and I didn't want to go to NFL Europe when they when they first told my agent that they wanted me to go. Like, I was like, no, man, like new staff, new coaches. Like, I want to be around. I want to learn the offense. I want to get to know my new teammates. We had just signed Drew Brees. Like, I want, I want to be in the mix. Um, and I go to NFL Europe anyway, because I was like, I, I, I'm a practice squad guy. I don't want to, you know, I don't want to piss them off before I even meet them. Um, so go to Europe, 
end up getting hurt in Europe after like three or four weeks, get sent back to the States. Uh, I'm in Birmingham, Alabama with a cast on my wrist and uh, I'm showing up to rehab. They, they sent the injured Europe guys back to, to Alabama before you could get back to your prospective yeah. teams. Um, and he, I would go to rehab. They'd say, warm up on the treadmill. So I warm up on the treadmill. Right. Now, mind you, I had a thumb injury. So I warm up on the treadmill. <laughs> then they bring me over to the table and they say, we're going to do, you know, five sets of 12 shoulder raises, like front raises and side raises. Yeah. And then they'd be like, all right, sit down. And I'd sit down and they put a bag of ice on top of my cast. <laughs> so I'm like, like what, like, what am I doing? Like, what is this? So I call the Saints trainer. I'm like, Scotty, they're putting ice on my calves, man. Like, you don't need to know anything else about what's going on here other than they're putting a bag of ice on top of my calves. Please get me out of here. So Scotty calls. They get me out of there a couple of days later. I get to rejoin the team. I finish OTAs. I do the team mini camp. They built me like this little custom splint for my thumb so I could catch the ball. My thumb wouldn't dislocate. I feel like that was like where I was like, whoo, like I survived a, a coach being fired and I survived an injury in NFL Europe because back then the rehab place in Birmingham, they got paid per player per day. So they wouldn't have let me go back to New Orleans. Like I would have just been, I would have just been in Birmingham the whole off season had, had I not made that call to our trainer and said, look, man, please get me out of here. Like, I, w- I wasn't one of the guys that was happy to just be an NFL Europe player. I felt like I was an NFL player and I, I needed to get back to my team so I could first meet most of the guys, but meet the coaches and, and be around and learn the offense. And that I feel like that was probably one of those, like, thank you. You know, thank you for, for uh, sticking around when Hazard was fired. Thank you for going to NFL Europe because I, I at least showed them that I was going to do what they wanted. And thank yeah. you for them. Thank you for them getting me out of Birmingham, you know, because that gave me an opportunity to to learn and be around the guys before we went to um, training camp in 2006, which was I always say it was hell on earth. Like it was it was brutal. But um, if if all those other things don't happen, then then that I'm not at that training camp. So um, and your definitely, ability, definitely important. And your ability through those difficult times to still find a way to be proactive. Right. Because it's also about making a different choice. You mentioned, All right, I don't want to upset these guys. I'm going to go here. Boom. I'm just boom, I'm just going to do I'm going to act. And then when all that stuff isn't working or I've been moved, let me call my train. Like, hey, so always going that extra mile. Like sometimes people wonder why some folks are, let's say, lucky using that particular word. But <laughs> other folks will say, you know, the harder you work, the luckier you'll get. And so as you talk about those pieces being put together, you were an integral part of all those pieces falling into the right place and then one domino hitting the next. So really I mean, appreciate I, that. I, I can't take all the credit for it because I have, you know, have had great people around me that have helped me make some decisions. You know, I, I'll mm-hmm. be foolish to say, well, I did it all and I did it all by myself. Like that, right. that's not, that's not accurate, you know, but, I, but I did have the wherewithal to, to bounce ideas off of people and help, you know, have them help me make the best decisions possible. I don't, I don't make the decision who uh, makes the roster, you know, at the end of training camp. But but I do make the decision on whether I'm going to go get this extra run in or whether I'm going to catch some extra balls or whether I'm going to do what they tell me to do. You know, that that, you know, that goes back to the controlling what you can control thing, which I think is something that's important throughout life, not just in athletics, yeah. not just in football. But but people will 
drive themselves crazy worrying about things that they have zero control over. And that, and that to me, doesn't doesn't make a whole lot of sense. Right. right. You, you you change or do what you can do to to get the best uh, results as at what you're trying to do. But if you spend any amount of time worrying about what other people should be doing, that's less amount of time that you can spend on yourself. So mm. I, I choose I choose to live, I choose to live my life that way. Mm. Lance, did you have a mentor when you were uh, uh, in the league, someone that you can go to, like that dedicated person, or did you have multiple mentors? I would say I had multiple mentors. Um, you know, I, I, I as far as like football goes, I always, always uh, looked up to my high school head coach. Um, he wasn't a pro player. You know, I mean, he played Division three college football, um, but he kind of took me under under his wing and, and was more of like a, a uh, more than just a football coach, like more of like a life coach, um, father figure. Um, and, and really helped kind of mold me into the man that I am. And, and, and I always kind of, I, I cared about what he thought, you know, so I would, I would lean on him, um, when I needed, um, my longtime receiver coach in New Orleans, Curtis Johnson, uh, been all over the place, coached at, at university of Miami. He was, you know, the Andre Johnson, um, Santana Moss, all of those guys, he was the receiver coach then and, and left from Miami to come to New Orleans. Um, when it comes to receiver play and football specifically, um, he was always my guy. Um, even when he left and, and went to become the head coach at Tulane, I mean, I'm I'm getting ready to get cut by uh, the Saints again for the third time, and and after the 13th season, I'm talking to him like, man, where should I go? Like, you know, like what team best fits me? You know, just as far as like a football mentor, um, I've had a couple business mentors like my my financial advisor Jason Carlin is awesome as far as uh, the business sense and understanding money and understanding how my money is working for me and, and the do's and don'ts of, of life after football. I mean, I, I think the list kind of goes on, but it's, it's, I feel like it's important. Uh, it's okay to not know everything, right? Like I, I'm, I'm in the process of, of, I know you wrote a book. I'm in the process of starting the outline for my book. And that's one of the, like the biggest most important messages I think that that um, I can give to people is is it's okay to not know everything, but when you don't know something, who are you going to to get that information? Are you even seeking the information, right? Because even the most famous, rich, successful people in the world, I guarantee you, they're start, they're they're learning every single day because you, you have to. You've got to continually evolve. You've got to continually improve yourself. Right. Um, you know, I, I always say you're either getting better, or you're getting worse. You can't stay. To, you don't stay the same. It's right. impossible, it's right? Problem. Because everybody else, everybody else around you is doing one or the other. So you you can't stay the same. If you are staying right here, the people that are working are doing this, and the people that aren't are doing this. Yeah. You might think you're the same, but people keep passing you, and that's I've never wanted that to happen. So I'm mm -hmm. always trying to do what I can to further improve myself, whether that's physically, mentally, spiritually, educationally. I mean, I, I just I think that it's it's uh, just as important as as anything else that you can do um, is is making sure that you continue to seek information, try to find those answers, um, and you know nobody nobody has to be an expert in everything, right? I mean, there's certain everybody kind of has their own path, and and some people are experts in their craft, but that doesn't mean that they can't continue to learn. They don't know everything. I mean, I, I think that's that's kind of foolish if somebody has to has that kind of mindset. 
Right. Sure. Right. Now, now, briefly, if you don't mind, uh, you mentioned kind of the, the do's and don'ts, you know, post football and transition for professional athletes out there who are preparing for their transition or those who say, you know what, I want to get ahead of the game. What are some do's? If you want to throw some don'ts in there, but certainly what are some do's, you know, as folks, you know, decide to transition away from their professional sport? Yeah, man, I, I, uh, I was a little bit the uh, casualty of my own kind of ending. Um, I wasn't, I wasn't prepared to retire. I was going into my 12th year and the idea that I had was like, I'm going to play 15 years. Like 15 years was my, was my mark. I want to get to 15. Uh, I'm going into my 12th year. Uh, I had just finished my uh, the 15th season with the Lions and I was a free agent again. So I was going to be in 16 on my fourth team in four years, which for a guy that's getting a little bit older, like starting over again, wasn't like necessarily exciting to me, but it was like, okay, it's a part of the process. Hopefully I land somewhere, play well enough that they give me an extension. I can finish my 15 and walk on, you know, out to the sunset. So I had a few things working for me outside of football, but I, I, like I said, I wasn't prepared as far as like, I didn't know I was going to retire when I retired. I, I worked out, I worked out for the Chargers in the offseason or, or beginning of training camp in 2016, didn't get signed. A couple of days later, I worked out for the Falcons, got signed. And, you know, I don't know if you guys know, but it planned for New Orleans for nine years. Going from there and playing for the Falcons, it is like, it's it's just like, you don't do it. You know, like, it's, it's like, <laughs> it's, it's, it's forbidden. It's, it's, it's uh, awkward, right? Somebody that had played against and whooped up on them for so long to now to now be wearing their uniform and wearing their helmet and being in their facility and around their coaching staff. Like it was really, it was tough for me mentally. Tougher. There's a spy in our midst. <laughs> it, was, it was tougher for me in awkwardness than it was football. Right. Like it was just from the moment I flew to Atlanta, I, I something, because I my agent told me, I said, I don't want to go. I don't want to go right. to work. I don't want to work out for the Falcons. He's like, look, man, if they're going to pay you to play and you want to keep playing and there's the Saints aren't calling me because I tried. I talked to the general manager with the Saints and a couple of scouts like, look, man, I'd love to come back. Like yeah. <laughs> I'm not asking for a lot of money. And they're like, well, just not right now. Not right now. And I'm like, all right, well, I don't have time to wait on your time. So right. I'm going to go do this workout. I'm going to kill this workout. We'll see if I get signed. But something in the back of my mind on that flight was like, I hope they don't sign. Just because mm-hmm. I knew how many people I would upset. I knew how awkward it would feel for me personally. And it just, it was, it was weird, man. I, like I, I, I knew several players on the team. I knew some of the coaches on the coaching staff. So it wasn't one of those orientations where you go in and you don't know anybody. Like I already was familiar with several people in the organization. Mm. So do the workout. They shut my workout down. Cause they're like, you're good. Like, we we saw we saw all we needed to see, and that that off season was a weird one for me because I'm living up in North uh, North Carolina, Northern California, with my in laws. No quarterback, nobody throw the ball to me. I'm training at a high school field by myself, so I'm running routes on air. I hadn't caught a football in I don't know how long. I was just like, hopefully, you know, my skill will kick back in the moment the ball is in the air. So, um, you know, I I, it, I, don't, I couldn't tell you how long it was. I don't know that it was exactly like the last game in Detroit until that workout, but it was close. Like I, I, I didn't have anybody. There's no, there was no quarterbacks up there that I felt comfortable enough that would help me. Um, so 
um, you know, went there, killed the workout, ended up getting signed and, you know, just getting back in the playbook and, and thinking about all the things that weren't football, um, moving my family to Atlanta from California, uh, just having to be like remembered as the great saint that played a little bit in Atlanta, like all these things. My, my oldest daughter was getting ready to have her first birthday party a week after I got to Atlanta. So all these things are piling up. And I got home uh, after the first practice that I practiced with the team. And I, and I didn't feel quite like myself now. Like I had been out of football the whole off season. I missed the first 10 days or so of training camp. And so I like, I started thinking, do I really like, do I really want to do this? Mm. Um, And I had, and I had some serious conversations. First, first, I, I called my wife, who was my, my girlfriend at the time, and I said, I don't know if I want to be here. You know, mm-hmm. I, I just I just don't know if I want I don't know if I want to keep playing because I'm feeling this way. And so then I called my agent. I said, look, man, I don't think I'm going to stay. You know, I, I think that I'm I'm at the point where the reason I would be staying is to collect the check. Like that mm-hmm. was that was really that was that was the only motivation for me at that point. Um, and, and, and it being the Falcons had a lot to do with it. And that's nothing, that's nothing to against the Falcons. I think they have a, a, a great head coach. Dan Quinn is awesome as far as how he communicates, how he coaches the guys, how he gets the most out of them, how competition is big. Like you could tell the vibe there is really, really good. You know, they've obviously had some injury issues and they've had to deal with the Saints and the Panthers being good recently. So it's, it's tough. Um, you know, it's, it's tough on him that he hasn't had the, the amount of success. But, um, you know, some of the guys there, I mean, obviously Julio Jones is one of the greatest we've ever seen. And to see him work in person, I played against him for a long time in New Orleans. But to see how he worked in practice, right. I was like, okay, yeah, I get it. I get it. <laughs> it's, 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 more, it's more than just physical ability, right? It's, right, it's, right? it's his mentality. It's how he works. It's how he operates. It's how there's no st- stone left unturned. If there's right. something that's messed up in practice, he's going to get that rep at some point, whether it's a break in practice or after practice. You know, mm-hmm. like there's a reason why the guys that are great are great. I mean, yeah. uh, Calvin was the same way. Calvin Johnson Calvin. was the same way yep. in Detroit. Like yep. you can you could tell by watching guys on tape that they're really, really good or they're great players. But when you get up close and personal and you work with them and you see how they work, then it's like, OK, yeah, there's no surprise. I've never no been on the team. Yeah. I've never been on the team with Larry Fitzgerald, but I guarantee you he's the same way. Like the yeah. guys that have that level of success, mm-hmm. it's more than just physical tools. It's how they operate. It's how they handle their work off the field. It's how they take care of their bodies. And like those guys are are, are fanatical about it. So mm-hmm. I definitely learned something in each place. Um, but to get back yeah. to that, like I just I I, I text Coach Quinn. And I said, hey, uh, I, can I come see you early tomorrow morning before stuff gets started? I want to talk to you about something. He's like, yeah, show up at 530 or something. It was something way early, but I didn't care at that point. I was I was already bags packed. You know what I mean? Like I was already kind of. <laughs> yeah, I was about to break first, up already. <laughs> the first thing I said was, I appreciate you uh, for giving me the opportunity for, for basically allowing me to figure it out for myself mm-hmm. as opposed to me not ever getting signed again. And that became my retirement. Like he he gave me the opportunity to try again and to really see if I wanted to continue my career. And and I said I, I prided myself in being a guy who played the game for the right reasons. Mm. And I honestly think that if I stayed here, 
not only would I not be playing for the right reasons, but I'd be potentially robbing a young player of an opportunity that he might not ever get. And and I used to be that young player. Like that was me. So I don't want to, I don't want to be that guy. Um, and he said, you know what? I respect the hell out of you. I respected you when we played against you, but I respect you even more for coming in and having that type of perspective. Um, you know, and he's kind of like, I wish you the best of luck. And so for me, it was like, okay, you know, like I, I feel like I did the right thing. And um, I, at that point was just kind of uh, physically and mentally exhausted and wanted to give myself some time. And, and I just, I didn't have anything that I could go to right away. And, mm. and that kind of impacted me um, physically, mentally, emotionally. Um, I would tell guys, I mean, to, to answer the question directly, have a plan man, and, and put things in place while you're still playing, like early in your career. Because I look mm. back, there was there was so many opportunities that I had to be doing things that I was just kind of like, nah, I'm good. You know, like I'm, I'm kind of a little bit into real estate now and I've owned some homes in different places. And I look back now and I'm like, man, I should have I should have done this with that home. Or I should have turned it into a rental property or I should have flipped these couple of places like and, and I, my situation would have been a lot better. Not that I, when I retired, that I needed the money right then, but right. I, I needed something else after football to kind of help get me going every day. And, and yeah. it was, it was tough. Like I, I, the first month or so, it was still the preseason. I was in a great place. Like I was, I was like, no, I was like, no football. Like I was like, this is awesome. I don't have to, I would watch, I would watch preseason games and watch guys get tackled and be like, Ooh, better than, than me. <laughs> better than, than me. And, and that, right. that was really, that was really how I felt. And it was just the first time in my life, I didn't have anything to do. I'm like, this is, this is amazing. Like right. After, right. after about a month and those regular <laughs> season games kicked off and I wasn't getting any checks and I wasn't traveling with the team and getting free meals and free hotel stay. Then I started to, I started to feel a little bit uneasy. Like I'd watch games and I'd kind of be shaken because my anxiety was up. Right. My, my wife, she's like, what's wrong with you? And I'm like, I, I don't know. Like I've never felt like this before, but yeah. I, but I, I, I didn't have that. Like I felt, I always say football was my longest relationship. Mm. Right. F- football was my longest relationship. Yeah. And once we broke up, yeah. there's no getting back together. Like we're, yeah. we're through. Yeah. So right. you, I, I didn't deal with like a grieving process. I didn't deal with, making sure I have something else on the side so that when I'm done, that can just slide on in and become my new girlfriend. You know, like <laughs> right, right, that right, was, right. it was, it was tough. And, yeah. and I was very, I was very edgy and my anxiety was high. And, and I just, and, and thank goodness the gym that I was working out at, uh, one of the little guys that played on the little uh, basketball court asked me to come play on his rec basketball team one time. Mm. And I realized in having something that meant something to me again, basically like saved me. Like it got me back going. It got me motivated again. It gave me some drive because I was like, dang, like I lost competition. I, I had never, ever in my life been without competition. So I got mm. the competition back. I got something where there was referees coming and blowing whistles. So it was like, I, I have a team. Like I, it, it means something. So I need, oh, yeah. I need, I needed wow. to get that back. And I really, you know, I never thought rec basketball would be the thing that would, you know, kind of reignite my flame, but it definitely was. And it got yeah. me going in a direction where I was like, okay, now I'm back. Now what do I need to be doing? Like, I, mm. I, I wish that I would have been doing it before, right. but I'm glad that, that it got, that is what happened. that got me going in the right direction. Sure. Wow. 
Man, that was so awesome, man. You had so many things. I got I have so many questions in, in my head, but I think I think one, um, if you can tell our audience and our viewers real quick, and um also I want to give a shout out to Anthony Mitchell Jr. He said, good conversation. Uh Jack Levine, great show. Lance, still remember that two-point conversion from the Super Bowl win. You know, uh-huh. <laughs> they showing you love, man. Shout outs to them. But um what sure. I wanted to say, um, if you if you were to talk to the athlete. Well, how would you tell them to to know how to use their agent? Because a, a lot of guys, I know for me, man, I struggle. I, I, I was the person, I didn't really call my agent and, and rely on him. I was just like, I got to do everything myself. And I, I feel that a lot of athletes have that mentality. So what what would be some suggestions that you would give them? Yeah, I mean, I, I was the same way, right? I, I didn't, as long as I was on a team, I wasn't having too many conversations with my agent. Early on in my career, he was calling to check up on me, right? To make sure that I was okay. Um, but I, I think you you have to understand that these people are here to help you, whether it's your agent or your financial advisor or your business manager or whoever, you know, all these different people. And especially now, like your therapist, because we know how important mental health is. You, you can't get through all of the struggles that you're going to go through in football by yourself. You just can't. You're, right. you're, you're going to need to use people um, that, that are there to help you right. use them. I mean, that, that's that's definitely one of the most important things is, is, is they're there for a reason. Yeah, sure, you might be paying your agent. We'll make him earn his money, right? Like, once you sign your contract, he's guaranteed to get X amount of dollars, so you might as well do everything. You might as well help him or have him do things for you that are going to help you, right? Mm-hmm. Ask him questions about uh, deals outside of football. Ask him questions about, you know, this roster on this team if you're if you're a free agent. I mean, that, like, you can't expect people to go out of their way to, to help maximize your potential if you're not going to do it, right? Mm-hmm. Like, you, you've got to you, – I always say a closed mouth doesn't get fed, right? So – if, if you're going to just sit there and operate and think everything is going to happen in your favor, then you're foolish. Mm. You, you've got to you've got to be proactive in, in making sure that all of the things that you aspire to be and aspire to achieve can happen. And don't allow your lack of effort or uh, lack of or, or, or uh, you know, lack of sense of urgency yeah. um, on these things that could potentially send your career one way or the other. Wow. Um, that's beautiful. Well, yeah. well said. So um, my next question. Um, so how is it that you maintain a successful marriage, you know, being in the NFL um, and then getting out of the NFL? Because one, I, I wanted to know if you can talk to the audience as well. Like w- whenever you say you had to move your family from California back to um, Atlanta, you know, what, what type of stress and struggle does that put on the family? Uh, you know, how does it? How are you able to cope with that? I know, I know you're gonna probably mention that you have a strong, you gotta have a strong partner. And Cassie, she does a really good job. So, like, explain more. Yeah, I mean, I, well, thankfully, I, I retired before I had to move them to Atlanta. So we didn't, oh, okay, okay, okay. We didn't have, we didn't have the but uh, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, I think it's, it's uh, communication is always king, right? And and I I kind of struggle with that in, in my adult life in in relationships. Just right. I'm a very uh, uh, kind of internal person with with emotions and feelings, right. um, and she's she's been great about helping me kind of tap into those. And and sometimes it's like pulling teeth, um, but but I, I understand that as long as we're on the same page, 
And even when we're not, if we can get on the same page by having that dialogue, then I think that's the most important. And, and, and for, for an athlete that is uh, transitioning from whatever sport they're in into retirement and or whatever their next endeavor is, um, I think it's having somebody that understands that there's going to be some, some highs and lows and, and some that are different than you've ever experienced because you, you're experiencing something you've never experienced before, right? Oh. I, I've, played football my entire life pretty much. And then all of a sudden I was without football. And, and so there might be a time when I'm down and in the dumps and nobody knows why. Right. And maybe I don't even know why, but, right. but having somebody that's, that understands that, okay, he's going through a little bit of a rough patch here. Like mm. let's, let's help him right. uh, to, to, you know, uh, find himself and, and help him if we can to, to get out of that place and into a more peaceful and, 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 you know, successful place nice. um, and i mean i think it's i think it's uh taking initiative yourself and accountability um i've, I've been seeing a therapist for years now nice. um, because you you that's, that's, feel like as a man you can handle everything um and like i said like i've, I've always internalized 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 and you can only do that for so long before something severe happens and I, I never was interested in, in allowing it to get to that, right? So I see a therapist and I talk about things that I've never talked about with anybody else. And I've always thought like, well, I just don't really have feelings, you know? Not, not that I wasn't allowed or, or I didn't grow up in a place where feelings were okay. I just, I just didn't have that type of mentality. You know, right. I, just, I, was, I was about work and do what I got to do to be successful. And, you know, I'm the older brother, so I'm going to, you know, handle my business. Right, right. Um, but I Don't think as you, the emotions. Yeah, yeah I mean, I think know. I think as you as you get older, you know, you you kind of realize it's okay, right? It's mm-hmm. okay to to be sad. Yeah. It's okay to cry, and and it's okay to have these emotions, even if they aren't the the tough, the the rah rah rah, and the yeah. excitement. You know, it's okay to have these sad moments, right? Um, and right. you know, do do deep dives into yourself to to try to figure them out. You know, I, mm. I, I think that's, I think I always say like we balance each other out so well because I'm not very emotional. She's very emotional. So like <laughs> when we, when we come, you know, we have these arguments or disc- discussions, we come and we find a middle ground. It's, it's right. healthy for both of us. You know, right. you don't really want to be, you know, if you don't have to be, you don't want to be either of those extremes. Right, right, right. So man, that's so beautiful, man. So, um, so you have, you have four children, you have three girls, Three, three children. Three, three children. children. Okay. Excuse Two me. girls and a boy. Two yep. girls and a boy, man. So, did the girls soften you up and, and allow you to become more communicative, uh, or, or com- you know, communicate more, um, and, and let them know, you know, like, be strong, um, have a work ethic, and be incredible, and learn how to be yourself. Did, did that help soften you up to be able to to speak more? And then also, um, in this world with everything that's going on, you know, how do you t- teach them about hard work and to stay disciplined when Everybody seems like they are feeling entitled to certain things uh, in life. Yeah, I mean, I, I think the the um, girl thing was humbling in the beginning. Uh, I always thought, you know, tough football player. I'm only going to have boys. They're all right. going to play football. <laughs> you know, like that was that was just you know that was that was what I wanted. You know, right. that was that was the kind of the dream. I'm going to have two or three boys. They're all going to play ball. Right. You know, and and I'm going to be the coach and all that. All right. Um, but I, I couldn't imagine my life now without my without my girls, and, and mm. they've 
I would say they've, they've uh, along with Casey, uh, they've taught me what true love is, right? Like you, you grow up and you love your family because you're around them and, you know, that's, you love them. But, right. but until you become a parent, I, I really don't feel like you understand fully what true love is. Correct. Um, and that, yeah. that is, that is what they've, they've done for me. Um, and, you know, as a, as a father of girls, I yeah. think education is important. Uh, making sure that I'm doing everything that I can so that they are um, aware enough and intelligent enough to be able to make decisions when they're out on their own. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, like the, I think the work ethic is something that will be talked about, but it'll be more learned by watching me. Um, and watching their mother because we are tireless in, in the things that we do and trying to improve and trying to better the lives for our family and, and those that we love and care about. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I, I, I'm, I'm proud to be a girl dad and, and I'm, ner- I'm nervous at the same time because it is scary, man. Like yeah. it's, it's, it's yeah. a whole different world than when we grew up, um, you know, the, the access to information and other things that they have, the access that others have to them is is scary. Um, and, and you can't protect them at all times. Like I can't be with them 24 seven. So I'm right. gonna try my best to equip them. Uh, we are, my wife and I are gonna try our best to equip them with the tools necessary for them to be able to go out and make the decisions that will best benefit them and keep them safe. And I right. think that, you know, that, that won't ever change. Right, oh, that's awesome, man, that's awesome. Um, uh, so my, my last question, man, um, uh, how are you and your wife doing right now? Um, cause everyone sees the Moore family and they're like, Oh my goodness, this is amazing. You know, um, how are you guys doing right now, man? We're good. We're good. You know, like I, obviously this is, this is, this time is anything but normal. Right. Um, we, we actually just started a business together recently. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we 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 re, re, redid our um, family YouTube page, so we've yeah. been pretty busy with that. Nice. Um, she is she is like the hardest working girl <laughs> without like an actual job that I've ever met. Like she's, right. She's she's with with a specific job, I should say. Like she's right, a, right, right. an influencer on social media. She runs this YouTube page. We're doing this business together. Uh, she does what before. COVID. She does themed birthday parties and celebrations. She does charcuterie boards. Like, it's just she's you got she a hustles, real one. Hustles. That's what she said. For real. She's a tycoon, baby. She is. Like, she, she hustles and she handles her business. And I think that's important because our daughters are going to see, like, she's always busy, but she's she's doing it. Like, that, right. that is I, I don't want them just lost my headphone. I don't, I don't want them to <laughs> to, you know, look back in, in 10, 15, 20 years and say, like, our dad played football. And that's the end of discussion, mm-hmm. right? Like, I, I want there to be more to the story. And I always tell people, like, winning a Super Bowl is cool. Yeah, Being in the Saints Hall of Fame is cool. Playing in the NFL for over a decade is cool. But I don't want that to be the end of it. I yeah, want there was to be more. Yeah, I, I want there to be more to the story. And right. I, I, I really believe that, you know, we're on our way and, um, yeah, yeah. I mean, we're, we're we're good. We're good. We stay busy. That's uh, we make sure we we make sure we dedicate time to ourselves, even if it's just at night after we have all three of the kids down. We you know we get in the room and we just kind of hang out and like we have our little snacks in bed and the shows that we watch and <laughs> you know we have our conversations about what's going on all right. around us. Right. Uh, but but definitely, you know, I'm learning as as I go. Right. Like I'm 
we're all learning. You should right. be, right. Um, because it's, there is no there is no relationship that's perfect, and there is no um, relationship I think that can thrive without having communication. So mm, I'm, I'm a work I'm a work in progress. And, yeah, and she, she, she reminds me. She reminds me, but, but uh, you know, look, man, it's it's. It's it's a wonderful thing and it's fun for sure. Yeah, no, that's awesome, man. That's beautiful. Um, all right, one I want to say, man, thank you for being a poster child for game beyond the game, man. You know, <laughs> that's awesome, man. I, I really do appreciate that, and um, man, we love what you do. You know, thank you for it. Your, your time, just being here, and just sharing this wisdom with everybody um, in the world and who's everybody that's watching this, um, because we're looking to educate more players. Um, and, and teach them about the transition of life because we all go through transitions and we all have to have some tool to help us um, be able to equip in this uncharted territory, especially now with everything that's going on. So um, just about, you know, being mindful of the, of the things that we need to do to for our basic survival. And, um, yeah, so I just want to share that with you, man, and just say um, um, another thing uh, – who that, you know? <laughs> yeah, it's who that all day, baby. And, and I'm like, just just to, to to finish from from my perspective, just remember, we're all retired at some point, right? right? So just remember, you're only going to be a football player for so long or basketball or whatever sport it is that you play. Um, so, you know, have something lined up before you're ready to be done. Um, and if you don't, then, then um, have something that you're passionate about that you can get into that, you know, cause it's, it, it'll go a long way as far as your mental, your mental health goes once you, once you retire. Right. 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 Stan, you want to take it away? Man, absolutely amazing. Thank you so very much. And I did one brief question line, if you don't mind me asking, Again, you, you shared so many jewels and there was once upon a time, uh, a younger Lance Moore, right? Probably somewhere around junior high, but what one piece of advice would you give the young version of you? Ooh. Oh man! Uh, one piece of advice. Uh, I I think that I was, uh, especially when I was younger, I was I was a, a big worrier. I, I, I worried. I worried about this. I worried about that. Um, and as I got older, I developed the uh, control what you can control. Uh, but but definitely, I would tell myself, don't don't worry so much about the things that you don't control. You just handle your business and somebody will take notice. Um, and that, you know, mentality should allow you to be successful in life um, as long as as long as you're taking care of your business. For sure. I think that's that's important. Nice. Thank nice. you so very much. Prince, any final thoughts? man? Yeah. Um, so, Lance, I, I have a question for you. Um, if um, I, I always ask everyone this and their reaction is totally different, but you have 48 to 70, 72 hours um, to live. What would you tell your family? What would you tell your wife? What would you tell your kids? You sit them down and like, hey, look, um, this is what I want you guys to know. Oh, yeah, uh, that's, that's a pretty deep question, but I, I, I would want them. Um, obviously, I want them to know that I love them, you know, more than anything in the world. And um, even though I'm not physically going to be around, I'll always be with them and I'll always be cheering them on. Um, and I, w I would want them to do, um, you know, to, to uh, try to do whatever it is in their heart that they want to do. Right? Mm -hmm. Don't allow anybody 
to tell you what you should be doing or where you should be going. Um, you know, do do the things that that make your heart beat. Um, do the things that 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 excites you. Mm. Um, and you know, you'll make myself and and uh, Casey proud. Mm. Man, shout out to your wife too. Um, and so, so the the reason why I asked that question is because one of our 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 icons, Kobe Bryant, passed away. And and that's the reason why I asked that question because I want everybody to be able to think in, in those terms of like, okay, I need to make sure that I'm doing everything to prepare the next generation to succeed. And and that's the reason why I go go in deep because I want people to, to think about that. Put them put them put themselves in those shoes, you know, about how Vanessa is thinking and about how she's coping with with him not being there physically, but him being there spiritually. And so that's the reason why I ask. Yeah, I mean, Kobe was a superhero, right? So he, when he passed, it was, I feel like a wake up call or or even a reminder to our own mortality, right? It's, it's It can happen at any moment. And not not to say that you need to be prepared for it per se, but mm-hmm. it could happen. And if you don't have these type of important conversations with those around you, then then you know they're almost at a disadvantage after it happens because they're they're scrambling and trying to figure out what to do and how to do it. Um, so yeah, yeah. I mean, I think that is that is cool for sure. And you know, def- definitely tell them to work hard because that's that's what allowed me to have success too. That's it. That's it. That's it. And thank you so very much. I see that uh, obviously Game Beyond the Game is on the ticker. Uh, how can people learn more about you or follow you all on your YouTube channel? Where can they find you at, Lance? Yeah, so on social media, uh, everywhere, I'm at Lance Moore 16 uh, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. And then our family um, YouTube page is just The Moore Family. Um, you know, we post content once or twice a week. Some of it is a little bit serious. Some of it is, is more fun, um, you know. Fun stuff with the kids and, and a little bit of comedy on there, um, but yeah, yeah, man, we're, we we stay pretty active on on the social platforms. And my my wife is at Casey Trion T R I O N E. That's her that's her maiden name. She's more popping on IG than I am. I don't get I don't get I don't get paid on, uh, for any posts on IG anymore. She's she's doing she's doing really well for herself there. So uh, you know, shout shout out to her. <laughs> so, Bunch of overachievers in the Moore household. I'll allow it. I will allow it. Way to hold it down, man. Man, that yeah. is awesome. Yeah. Thank you so very much, uh, Lance Moore, for joining us today and being the rock star that you always are and sharing your story and being as transparent and sharing with us the jewels that you uh that you bestowed upon us. For those of you watching, please don't forget to like, comment, and subscribe to our YouTube page at Game Beyond the Game. And you can join us here next week on Game Beyond the Game Facebook page live every Tuesday, 2 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, 5 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. So remember, as we continue to learn what our Game Beyond the Game is and inspire you you along the way for yours too. Thank you all. Peace. Thank you. Peace. Peace, peace, peace. (laughs) Oh, we got another comment. Oh, somebody said, also, well said. Thank you for sharing. Victoria Channel. You know, she just wanted to give a shout out. So we want to give a shout out to everybody. I, I did have one one last thing to say. Um, I think we all have a platform, especially right now, to be able to share the things that are in our heart, share the things that are in our spirit. Because, you know, years from now, we, 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 we're doing this interview, but years from now, our kids are going to look at it and they're going to be like, wow, 
man, I didn't know my, 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 my dad had that much wisdom. I didn't know my mom had that much wisdom. Like, man, this is, this is what they were trying to teach me when I was younger, because w- whenever they get older, it's at some point in time, their mind clicks on and they start grasping all of the concepts and the, the, the tools that we implemented for them to become successful in life. So I just want to tell you, man, thank you again for everything that you're doing, man. Thank you, Stan. Like, let's continue to keep building um, knowledge and um, not only financial wealth, but 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 wealth for our health as well and, and for the next generation. So I appreciate you, man. Y'all have a good one. Peace. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to subscribe so you're notified when a new show is posted. And please rate and review on Apple Podcasts. To learn more about our events, courses, and other programming, check out GameBeyondTheGame.com. Thanks so much for listening. Peace.